Welcome to Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Today we will introduce Pastor James Dimmel of part two in his series. I've been in the church world my whole life, church. And what just turns me off to preachers is the moment that you sit down with them, within five minutes they've told you every famous person they want, they've been around. Well, I, I want to look straight at them, and if I, I tell you, if we wasn't in a group of people, I just might, and I might say, well, you got your blessing. Because it's not about the fancy people that you're around. It's the fact that Jesus Christ wants to be with his people. Do you sense your calling? Now, the Lord talks to us, and he says that he wants us to be humble and support and then he gives a plethora of things, the pastor, the leadership, the teachers, the preachers, the prophets. He wants us to support them. If you never get to the place in God where you can support or be part of the leadership, amen, then God's work in you has stopped. Right? You know, before I got saved, I was pretty confident and very cocky in the things of the world. And I remember coming to the house of God and, and you know, my family's in church my whole life. They'd traveled the country and I was the sound guy. That's why God is testing me today because I was the sound guy. But people would talk about Christian things, Steve. You know, things that, were, that I, I, should, I should have known about, but because I was so confident and cocky in the world, I didn't know the things of God. And so when they started to talk about that, I wanted to sit on the back row because I didn't feel worthy. And the fact of the matter was, it was because I was so wicked. And I used to feel far from God and feel like I could never, I could never achieve that and I could, I could never do that. And I remember people coming to me and, and saying, you're going to pastor and you're going to teach and you're going to be all that. And that caused me to run farther and farther and farther and farther away from the Lord. Because here's the thing, as I'd been in the church, I didn't want nothing to do with it. That's why we don't run our church like everybody else runs their church. Because the church can break Christians. That's why the Bible says that we are to go after the lost, the broken, the weak, the weary, and what? The stray. Stray people are Christians that knew the Lord at one time, that have strayed from Him, that have lost their abundant feeling of blessing because of some pastor, someone in the church, or something was said without explanation of why it needed to be done. Listen, don't get caught up in the fact that, well, I'm the leader and I'm going to just, this is the way it is. No, your job is to explain as a serviceman, the Bible says, you're a servant. And so the best you ever be, you won't ever have a master's degree or a PhD in the word. The best you ever be is a practitioner of the word, a teller, a servant. The Bible says that the master or the Lord is the servant. That's what the word means. It means to be a waiter of tables. Now, if you can't get that concept, if you can't get a hold of what God has for you, and you can't be a waiter of tables, then you're in trouble in the house of God. Because Jesus was a servant. Well, I don't believe that, Pastor. Who washed the disciples' feet? Say what? Oh, servant, Right? I can go on and on with those things, but I want you to understand it's important for us to come together and understand who we are. It's not a Sunday morning church. 
I don't get butterflies in my belly. And it's not because I'm going to come up here and trip over the step or fall up the monitor because I've done that enough. It's the fact that it's important and it's weighty to preach the gospel. And the Bible says that there will be condemnation that befalls me for preaching the gospel that will never come to the laity of the church. So I better get it right. It's important. And so God gives you a revelation of who Moses is. But then he gives us a revelation of who he is. Now watch this. Stick with me. I'm probably not going to get through my notes today. Exodus 3, 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God, that is the word Elohim, it means true God, of thy father Amram, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. For he was afraid to look upon God. He was afraid, let's, let's take the word, the original translation. He was afraid to look on Elohim, the true God. He saw he recognized that Elohim was the true God, and he was afraid. The word afraid means yara. It's to fear, to respect morally, to revere, or to have reverence of. To be in all of. He was afraid of God. He was in all of God. Exodus 3.14 And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou shalt... Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent you, me to you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus saith thou, say unto thee, the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. What he is saying, church, is he is the self-existent and the all-sufficient. Let me just break the two verses down for you. He is self-sufficient. Listen, he is self-sufficient and he is all-existent. So you can try to change the Bible however you want. You can take out the pieces that you feel don't apply to you. But I can tell you right now that you will never experience the all-existing, self-existing God. And the self-sufficient one also. Moses begins to understand who he is and who he's working for. I want you to get it today. You have to understand who you are and who you're working for. When you come against a demonic principality, who are you working for? Because the moment that you begin to pray and then you think, well, I can't do that and you're fearful, Satan wins. Well, Pastor, I can't believe you're talking about divine principality. Well, if there's the Spirit of God and Satan deceived a third of the angels and they went to hell, there's demonic principality. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? We got to get this church because God wants this church. Listen, you think you've exploded, you ain't even hit the surface. Listen, in two years. Let me just talk to some people in here that don't know what's going to happen. God has given us a vision that's bigger than this church. In two years, we are going to venture a second campus in Athens, Ohio. It's, on me, it's, it's, it's a weight on me that's like never before. And the closer it gets, the more excited I get and the more fearful I get. 
Because I'm just a man. I'm asking God all the time, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And he's saying all the time, shut your mouth and do what I told you. <laughs> right? And so, what I want you to understand is that Athens County, let's talk about the demographics. There are 59,000 people in the city limits. A lot of people. Just in the city limits. If we add to that, there's over 100,000 people in the surrounding area. Okay? It is the third most party school in the nation. I think they actually did a new study here this year, and it's the fifth most. Well, whoa. Well, seven kids didn't get drunk this year, so we're, we've moved down to five. Right? So let's talk about what we're coming against, church. Okay, these people don't know the Lord. Do you see all that stuff that's talking about gender changing and all that stuff and homosexuality and, and all that stuff in, that's going on in the world? You're stepping into Athens. You're not in MacArthur anymore. That stuff's going on all around there. Hear me. Principality, that's what we're fighting against. Powers. Things of the deep, the Bible says, that you don't see with your normal eye. And if we don't get ready to move into Athens, we're going to go there and we're going to be broken, busted, just like every other church there. I shouldn't say every church. I don't know what they do there. But I want you to understand this, that there are a lot of churches that want to show. I'm not in it for the show. I'm in it to declare the love of Jesus Christ so that people can come to know who he is. Those people that are drug addicts, those people that are pornographers, those people that are prostitutes, those people that are broken, those people that are alcoholics, those people that do not know Jesus Christ and push themselves far from him. That's what we're there for. And so what I'm telling you is, as you said here today, listen, there's no time to bicker amongst ourselves. There's no time to fight because this old granny took my seat this morning. And there's no time to fight because my kid got mad at this other person's kid. Why? Because that is a tactic of the enemy that's keeping you from realizing who you are. We've got to come together. We've got to have one cause. His name is Jesus Christ. I'm not here to maybe pamby around with people. I am here to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. To go into all the nation and preach, declare, say who God is. Now, I'm sorry if I need to get all wound up. You're just going to have to take an extra pill. But I want you to understand. God is trying to make us over, church. Because he wants us to understand that who I am is someone that God wants to be with. He wants to touch you. He wants to move on you. He wants to declare through you. But we can't bicker, fight, and call everybody up and say this is what's going on. And let God declare in our lives. It does not work that way. We're moving. God's moving. You realize it has nothing to do with me. But corporately, if we understand together that we have one cause, I don't know if I say it enough. We have one cause, one. We got three people that know. Commitment. There's one current. Jesus Christ. Let me give you another one. We don't compete, compare, or criticize. We're not worried about what everybody else does. So therefore, we don't compete. We don't compare ourselves to other ministries. You know why? Because you will go broke thinking that. 
Well, Brother Bilbo down the street, buddy, he's got 500 people in his church. God didn't call you to Brother Bilbo's church. He called you here. And if he did call you, you better get down there because he's still waiting. God says, I'm the true God. I got to hurry. But here's what I want you to understand. Now watch this. Watch what happens. God tells Moses, I am the true God. Moses begins to understand who is on his side. It's just the creator of the universe. Nothing big. Can I, can I stop just for a minute? And I don't have time. But I'm going to tell you anyway. We went to see Infinity War the other day. It's a movie with our kids. I don't, we do a lot of things, and so we have to make time for our kids. So Luke's infinity war, infinity war, infinity war, infinity war, infinity war. Please, please, right now, got to have it, got to have it. I'm like, fine, dude, we got this night case. says, hey, you want to go? I'm like, sure. I want, you, I want to give you an example now. I'm going to totally shoot right over the top of 98% of people's heads, but I pray to God that at least the leadership gets it. I want you to give you an example. Now, I want to preface this with the understanding this is just a movie. But I want you to understand the spiritual desensitization of the church through this stuff. Okay? You know, in the 1950s when pastors said, don't go to movies, it's sin. It's not a sin to go to the movie. He didn't, he didn't read his Bible. Well, you're telling me my pastor? No, I'm just saying. Okay? Now watch. The moment that we sat down in the movie, there is this pastor, or there, pastor, there's this guy that's there. And he is a sorcerer. And he says that he summons the dark sorcery and he goes like this. And these things appear on his hands out of nothing. Okay? That's new age. Right? I lean over to Kate because, see, I don't see things like everybody else. I'm like, here we go, new age movement right off the bat, five minutes in the movie. He draws a circle in the air. I was, I'm thinking, I need to do this. He draws a circle in the air with this thing that he's got around his hand, and he steps into another dimension. I'm thinking, I just want our people to stand and raise their hands for worship. And this guy's going into other dimensions just by doing this. Did anything happen to y'all? I mean, it's funny, but I'm serious. We go on into it. We see the dark witch, right? Now, what we don't understand until later in the movie is this lady is one of the most powerful super characters, the dark witch. And she fights people just by raising her arm and this little red thing coming out the end of it so you can hold them back for miles, right? But then there's this demonic entity called Theos, something like that. don't even matter if I get it right. And he's gone out to get all the jewels. Right? And there's five of them, I believe. And they're going through all these movies. Thanos, thank you, Cade. You're a good man. He's out to get all these jewels. But what I want you to understand is these jewels represent spiritual things that they have taken out of the Word of God and they have applied to five jewels that this demonic entity is wanting to go after. And then the end of the movie, I don't care if you all have seen it or not. He wins. The bad guy wins. Say, what? 
I got 12 people mad because I talked about the movie and they ain't seen it. The other 75 people were standing there saying, okay, what's your point? Right? The point is this. We have been desensitized by the world and we haven't read our Bible to know what is going on in the world. And yes, it is just a movie, but because those movies are spewing things into the lives of our kids, I might add, we are spiritually getting knocked back by the world because, listen, what they're saying is that Satan, hell, death is bigger than Jesus Christ. And no matter what entity that comes against them, no matter what superhero, I only know of one. His name is Jesus Christ. Satan's going to win. And we might as well just set back in the four walls of our church and be okay with it. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Now that you understand that, God makes Moses the answer to Israel's prayer. Moses says, who, I am, who am I? God states, you're the guy that I want to be with. I'm all-sufficient and self-existent, and I'm on your side. Then he says, oh, Lord. Think about that for a minute. He is the guy that is the answer to Moses' prayer. Now watch. The previous chapter, Exodus 2, 25, and God heard their groaning. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Verse 25, and God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. The word is acknowledge. He acknowledged them. Okay? Chapter 2, 25 is the last verse that closes that chapter out. Then we get Exodus 3, 1. Now Moses. The people said, I have groanings, I have complaints. God says, I've made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then in verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 1, he says, now Moses. They're stuck in the midst of the trauma. They're stuck in the midst of the issue. They're stuck in the midst of the problem. And they're crying out to God. And then God says, now Moses, I brought you a leader. This leader has taken a great journey to get to you. But I've brought you a leader. His name is Moses. And what you have to understand is Moses becomes the leader of leaders. Why? God hears the cry of his people. He acknowledges them, and then he sets up the answer to their cry. Now Moses. Exodus 3.9, this is where we started. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is coming unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Exodus 3.10, come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Oh, Moses, you're going to Pharaoh. That thou mayest bring forth my people to the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses, we know who you are. You have identity. Sarah, come to the piano. Church, what is your identity? What is your identity? Your, your qualities... Or your weaknesses are all irrelevant. Your issues, 
Your problems are all irrelevant. What is your identity in the Lord? Ask yourself that. Because Moses became the answer to a nation's cry. Moses is saying who I am. Or who am I? And it happens throughout the scripture. But God's intention was to respond to the cry of a nation. The nation of Israel. And Moses becomes the answer. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. The word respect is the word acknowledge. It means this. To learn to know, to find out, to know through or by experience. How is God going to know you intimately? He knows you by experience. He knows you by the times that you failed him or walked away from him. It's an experience. He knows you by the times that you ran to the altar, threw yourself down and cried. It's an experience. Every experience good and every experience bad. God knows you through experience. God raised up. He called out the mighty. He set up the mighty long ago in a bull rush so that one day he would bring the people of Israel out of Egypt. Are you hearing me? The mighty are being called out. The word of God ex emphasizes experience as an essential part of knowing someone. God knew Moses through and by experience. Now watch this. Moses spent 80 years of his life in the palace and in the desert. The last 40 years took him through successes and failures. Magnificent experiences with God. And failures that plummeted him. The life that this leader lived. Can I give you an example? Exodus 7.1 And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a, a God to Pharaoh. And Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. He said in the eyes of Pharaoh. Because you have come. Uh, because I have come to know you through experience Moses. In the eyes of Pharaoh. You will be a God to him. Not that, Pharaoh, not that Moses was a God. But in the eyes of Pharaoh. God made Moses a God. It scared Pharaoh to death. He let the people go. Through your experiences with God, through your worship with God, through those times with God that, you know, you want to sink back into the world. Well, I used to do this and I quit doing it, but now I'm back to doing it again. It's a tendency of man to fall backwards. But I want you to understand it was even Moses that had issues and problems. Moses killed a man, but God raised him up. To be an extraordinary leader. Why? Because the mighty are being called out. God has positioned you. Church, listen to me individually. He has positioned you. Corporately, he has positioned you. Now watch. And then I'm going to close. Everybody stand. He said, I made you God to Pharaoh. 
When, when you open your mouth to talk, it's going to sound like I'm speaking through you, Moses. When you open your mouth to speak to Pharaoh, it's like I'm speaking through you. What I'm telling you today is that when you open your mouth to speak to someone that you feel like is very far from God, it's going to be God speaking through you. Deuteronomy 34.10 And there arose not a prophet since Israel, since in Israel, like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Now, I wanted to get into a lot far deeper understanding of this today, but I've took way more time than I should have. Not another man was raised up with the ability to lead like Moses. From the time that Moses was put in the bulrush to the time that he died, God was speaking into his life. If you allow God to speak into your life from the time that you're at the beginning of your life all the way to the end, there are going to be successes and there are going to be failures. But God is experiencing you through your experience with him. Everything that you do, God knows who you are through that. He knows you intimately. Amen? If you don't get it by now, next week's going to be worse. God's calling you, church. He's calling leaders. He's calling teachers. He's calling pastors. He's calling preachers right out of this congregation. And you can get caught up in your sin. You can get caught up in your degradation. You can get caught up in your issues. Or you can follow the Lord. That's going to take some things out of you. Well, I can't do this anymore. It's not the fact that you can't do it. But what you're saying is, God, I'm separating myself from these things. So that I can declare your word. Don't look at it as can't. Because you have the ability to walk up. And take that. Look at it as I'm sacrificing for you. Amen. Is there anybody in the place that feels this this morning? Is there anybody in the place that knows that God is speaking directly to them? The mighty are being called out, church. Let's pray. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click Contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, broken, weak, and weary.